Hi there. Welcome to Pet Sitter Confessional, an open and honest discussion about life as a pet sitter. Thank you to our sponsor today, Pet Sitters Associates, and our stupendous Patreon members for helping to support today's show and keep it going. If you'd like to learn more about what it means to support the show, you can go to PetSitterConfessional.com slash support. We've talked on the podcast a lot about hiring and our hiring practices and interviewed others who hire and have teams, but we've never actually talked about team meetings. And there was a question recently in our Sitter Confessionals Facebook group about team meetings and how to structure them and what to do and what to talk about during the meeting. So we wanted to dive into that today. Yeah, they're actually really important to having a cohesive group of employees that are working for you and a lot of other reasons as well, especially whenever you're holding these on a a semi-regular basis basis. So there's some consistency here. And that's usually the most common question that people have is how frequently do I have these meetings? Does it need to be this big in-person ordeal where we sit down for two hours and we flesh out things and we, we brainstorm ideas? The answer is no, it doesn't have to be. I mean, we hold weekly team meetings for 15, 20 minutes each. And they're over Zoom. So we don't make our meetings a big deal except when we do big get-togethers semi-quarterly for a big holiday party or an ice cream social or things like that. But as far as the inner workings of our company, we just do weekly team meetings. But that's something that you have to decide for yourself. Yeah, the frequency should match the the meaning or the importance or the reason behind why you're getting together. Of If you are wanting to do more team building things, that's something that probably doesn't need to happen every week unless you're struggling deeply with a lot of cohesion in your company. Then you need to have some more face time with people. If you're just planning or regurgitating some trading information or just touching base with people, make sure we're all on the same page page. Those are little light, short meetings that happen on a higher frequency basis. So really, it's what this all boils down to is planning and purpose. Why do you want to have these team meetings? What, what At the end, when people hit log out of Zoom or they walk out of the room, why or what, what should they have known? What is the purpose of them having shown up to that? And it's also going to depend on the size of your team. If you've just hired your first person and you really want to connect with them and get to know them on a very personal level and, and share with them the mission, vision, and values on a deep level with them, then probably in-person meetings at your office or a coffee shop or something would be more beneficial. But when you grow to a size of 20, 30, 40 employees, that's just not feasible really to have that on a weekly basis. Not everybody's going to show up. People are going to be busy doing other things. And that's something else you're going to have to think about. What are the requirements for this, for your company? Is this an absolute requirement that everybody shows up? Well, that's easier to do when you have a smaller team, but as you grow, not everybody is going to be able to be there. Well, and to back up a little bit on that point, Megan, of of who are you meeting with? Are you meeting with a field operations manager? Are you meeting with your administrators? Or are you meeting with your field staff? The, The frequency the content, the purpose of each meeting that you have should be different depending on who you are meeting with and and what the goal is for them at the end of it. Is it a one-on-one? Is that a meeting that you're having with just one person? Are you meeting with your field operations manager and your operations manager and your administrator to really plan out big long-term goals? Are you meeting with a business partner? And so th- this is where we, we have to think of, it's not just a, hey, I want to sit down and chat for a few minutes. It's we are the ones who must go through the process of thinking deeply about this so that it, there, it is actually relevant and it, it actually, you know, good things come from this. And it's not just wasted time with people blabbering on. And if you are using independent contractors, just remember that the rules and regulations about requiring them to attend or to watch or view your meetings 
is that you can't. You can't require them to do that. You can make them optional, but it's not a requirement that you can place on them. Regardless of who you are meeting with, though, uh, with these regular, well-structured meetings have three really key benefits. The first one, it's, it's all about communication and collaboration because it fosters this openness among whoever you're meeting with and between people who are attending. They get to know one another. There's a familiarity there. It provides a platform to share and discuss challenges or brainstorm solutions to things that they're encountering. And this is especially important where our employees are working completely independently most of the time. This, these meetings can help bridge communication gaps, which ensures that everybody's on the same page. And, and when I say that, what, we, what we're talking about is just people understand why we're here and what we're doing and how to do it. Because in the corporate world, a lot of people, and if you had a previous life in, in a career of the corporate world, you know this, meetings are thought of as a drudgery of, oh, man, I have to attend this hour-long thing. I don't want to be here. I don't want to do this. This is stupid. There's 15 minutes of an introduction of what we're going to talk about, and it's just it's pointless. So the, the best case scenario is for you to anchor down your people into why these are important, share with them, go deep with them, and make them as efficient as possible. Yeah, when we talk about keep, keeping people on mission, it's, well, first they have to know the mission. And then they have to see themselves in the mission. And that starts with regularly talking about it. And the second aspect of why we should have regular meetings is about team building and morale. They help build a sense of unity and belonging among your staff and even yourself, where you see people working together. We get these comments a lot where people go, man, it was so good to see so many faces out there knowing or, man, you know, so-and-so brought up that, that problem. I, I, I thought I was the only one who dealt with that. They really offer an opportunity for employees to connect with one another. Again, especially whenever we are so isolated and remote from other people. It's also a great way to publicly recognize achievements, celebrating milestones, or addressing those concerns that employees are going to bring to you. So leaving some time and openness of, are there any other questions, comments, concerns, or criticisms that you may have about what we're going on right now? And that actually, while you may not like talking about bad things in front of everybody, it helps build cohesion. People look to you and go, look, they're, pro- they're solving problems. They are you know, overcoming this. They are building solutions. They're working together. And that's all good things. Having regular meetings is also an effective way to track the progress of the business over time. So if you have a big project that you're working on or revamping your SOPs or your field manual and you're wanting input from your team or they're having there's there's specific documents that they're working on, discussing that progress is going to help keep them on track and you on track. We talked a few weeks ago about using a task management system for, you know, Asana or something like that. But the regular meetings will allow for like real-time adjustments. Maybe they need an extra day or two to work on this or strategizing if they're they're tripped up in this way and you can help them overcome that or you all can brainstorm ideas on how to achieve the the goal that you want. Yeah, or just see how the business is doing and share that with other people. Uh, you know, at the end of the year it's a great time to share how many visits were done, how many families were served, keeping people updated about how busy the upcoming weekend is over Christmas or whatever that is and going, look, hey guys, we are up 20% or we're down 20% over last year, but it's nothing to do with you. We appreciate your hard work and dedication. And then going to them and say, hey, what do you think we can do to market better? Do you have connections? What, What resources do we have within our team to really keep us going forward? 
And again, you don't have to do these meetings in person. We hold weekly team meetings over Zoom, which are recorded and sent out to everyone. So again, as our team has grown, we've recognized that not everybody can be there at the time that we want. They're busy. They're not. They're doing another job. They're doing visits for us. When we onboard somebody into our company, we say, we have these meetings at this time every week. You are not required to be there, but it is required that you either show up or watch the recording because we feel that as a company, these are crucial to our success of seeing everybody, getting everybody's input. And if you're not able to make it, we understand, but here is a recording of that meeting. And if you're wondering how we keep track of that, you can do it in one of two ways. We upload these to Loom, and you can either create a bespoke video for each staff member that you're sending it to so that you get an alert of when they watch it. Or you can add a link at the very end of the video that takes it to a Google Sheet that says, yes, uh, here's my name, here's the date, and here is when I watched this video. And yes, I agreed that I, I did all that and I completed it. However you want to track that, there are ways to track that so you don't just have to keep chasing people down to say, did you watch it? Did you watch it? Did you watch it? There's automated ways to do that. And I know it can seem kind of strict to either require somebody to show up or watch the video, but at the end of the day, we figure if we don't require them, then people just aren't going to, they're going to stop showing up. They're going to stop watching it. And then it's just going to be Colin and I on the video talking to ourselves for no reason. And so we feel that this is very important. We try not to waste people's time as much as possible. And therefore we record them. Yeah. And we want these to be quick hits. We want them to be extremely helpful and valuable to people. And so you know, when we talk about this, uh, about preparing for this, there are a lot of things that we can do to prepare for these meetings and make them valuable. And that really starts with setting a clear agenda. Here we come back to the prep work. Before each meeting, we sit down and we prepare a very clear outline of what's going to happen and so that we understand and have talking points of where we're going to go. And this is actually shared out in a Google Sheet that all of our team members have access to as well so that they can see it ahead of time if they want to. But it's there and everybody knows what to expect. And we can prepare for the the necessary documents and necessary resources and talking points. And this is not Colin and I sitting down for an hour before the meeting and going, ooh, let's think, what do we need to talk about this this week? No. <laughs> we, we Throughout the week, we put things into the document to that we need to discuss for the meeting. Things that come up, maybe a client had reached out about something, whether good or bad, or maybe an employee was having trouble with a door at a certain client and it's one of your regulars and people need to know that. Again, we don't want to waste anybody's time. So we are highly aware of our time management during these meetings. We allocate a specific amount of time for each agenda item and we stick to that. It prevents the meeting from running over on time or it, and it keeps discussions really focused. And that's not to say that if something really important comes up that wasn't on the agenda, that we don't take the time to address that because sometimes that will happen and we need to be flexible in our agenda, in our time management of going, okay, I really wanted to talk about leash training and leash manners today, but the staff member really brought up a good point about, you know, icy roads. So I, we need to talk about that right now, actually. So being able to adapt on that on the fly and not, but again, it's about not trying to cram too much and setting those key priority topics, because that's the third aspect that we have to do is we have to focus on the most critical aspects that we want to get to. You know, we can talk about feedback, scheduling, safety, uh, different protocols, new strategies that we're wanting to do. And we want to avoid covering too many things in one meeting. 
one problem with a lot of meetings is that they get stacked way too much. People go, okay, I need to make this meeting really effective. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to stack 75 topics in here. I'm going to hit them all. I'm going to talk about each one for 13 seconds. Boom, that'll be a really great meeting. That's too overwhelming. You don't have time or space or mental clarity to actually have good discussions, get good feedback and introductions or, you know, whatever, or however you want to approach that. Allowing your meetings to have room to breathe will actually help them feel more productive at the end of it because people are have clarity of purpose and reason for being there. Well, and also when you open up the floor to them of, okay, you've presented this topic and then you say, what do you guys think? Or how have you dealt with this? How have you overcome this challenge? Then it allows people, you know, two to three minutes to voice their opinion and they're not feeling rushed because you've just laid out, you know, again, 75 topics. Yeah, again, that encouraging participation of people of actually scheduling in a question to say, well, and what do you all think about this? Or have you all encountered this before? Or how, how do you introduce yourself? What's your favorite way of getting that stubborn dog out the door or getting that cat to warm up to you? And you'll really, if the first couple of times you do this, people are going to be a little unsure of what to say or how to say it. But then slowly and surely, if you're consistent, people will start giving their favorite things or what happened the last time they did something. It's, it's just by asking either direct questions to particular employees or staff members that you have, that you know have experienced that, or having a, more of a, a roundtable discussion of everybody just goes around and shares one thing. But encouraging that and making it sure that it's authentic and not forced will really, again, help people to feel engaged and part of a good, that healthy company culture. During these meetings, it's important to clearly record any decisions or action items that come from the meeting. We share the document with our employees so they can go and look at, oh, Amanda needed to do this and John needed to do this for next week. It's good to assign responsibilities and those deadlines for the action items to ensure that people do what they're supposed to do. When you when you tell them to do something, they're going to go do it. Well, and it's just so it doesn't fall off anybody's plate. Record them and assign them during the meeting. Don't wait till after the meeting to sit back and go, now, what did we talk about? Who was supposed to do what? When was that deadline? Because all that's part of the discussion of whatever topic that you're having. So if you're talking about reviewing policies and procedures or you're wanting input on certain things, give people a deadline during the meeting because then people can say, well, you know, actually, that's too soon or actually, I don't we think we need that much time or however that discussion is going to go. But make those part of the meeting so that everybody is clearly aware of what's going on. And then importantly, write it down. That's something that Megan and I say during the meeting a lot of, oh, okay, so let me, I hear what you're saying here. You're saying that we need to get this new thing ordered by, you know, before this, the weather changes. I'm writing it to my notes right now, saying it verbally, writing it down so that everybody's aware that there's an action item that's being taken care of. Really helps make sure that when people share things, when things are being discussed, that people don't feel like it's just going into the ether, that nothing's taking place, that there's no forward momentum. Because that's another reason why meetings can feel like, they're a complete waste of time because people walk out of them. I, I used to walk out of meetings all the time and go, nothing's happening, right? We're, we're no better than we were the day before because nobody's doing anything with this information. It's a waste of time. So make sure that they see that forward momentum, that those action items are going to take place. 
importantly, then you have to follow up after the meeting, send out an email or a Slack message that says, hey, we discussed that you will do this and this. We even do this with our one-on-one reviews and check-ins with individual staff. We send a message afterwards that says, hey, we talked about this. We know that you need this time off. We know that you were having trouble with this client and this is how we're going to solve this in the future. It's important to do that follow-up so it keeps everybody on the same page and it reinforces the meeting's content and that these meetings are important. Yeah, and, and I know we're talking about action items and follow-up, and even if there are not specific tasks for the people to do that are in the meeting with you, still having a follow-up of, everybody, it was a great meeting today. Here are the three things that we talked about, and here's something that we're really excited about, or blah, 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 blah. This was a great discussion. Letting them know, right, again, this wasn't for waste. And here's a quick recap of this so that everybody knows, because they may have different interpretations of it. That's why the follow-up is so important is you can sit in a room with 10 different people, have the same content and data and information presented. They can all experience the same discussion, but they can walk away with a different impact to their life or what it means for them. And so the follow-up really helps nail these down and place it in concrete and going, here's what we did. Here's what we decided. Here's what's happening, and here's what I have to do because of that. It really helps. We talked about this at the beginning, but set a regular schedule for meetings, like weekly or monthly, but avoid having them too often as it can, again, be counterproductive to what you're trying to do. Figure out why you're having the meeting. What is the purpose of it? Then you can see how often do these things need to happen. Are are your staff continuing to mess up at little things. Well, you may need to have more check-in points of more meetings of, hey guys, we're, we're not in this alone. We're doing this together. We're here to help each other. And we need to be communicating more frequently in order to avoid these simple little things that we keep messing up. Yeah, Or if you are in a business that is quickly growing and expanding and moving fast, having short, frequent meetings helps everybody. Because if you wait once a month or once a quarter to sit down with the team, the whole look and feel of the company will be completely different each time they interact with one another. Openly talking about the fast changes, the rapidness of clients onboarding or the changing of the service area or the new services that you're offering helps, again, people stay engaged, that they know what's going on. We aren't saying quarterly meetings are bad. They are great. It depends on what the purpose of the meeting is. But for the day-to-day operations and the field management side of things, you really shouldn't wait until every quarter in order to fix the problems. Otherwise, you're always going to be three months behind. Yeah, ask that question when a topic comes up going, okay, when does this need to be discussed? Is this a quarterly thing? Is this an annual thing? Is this a one-on-one? Can I discuss this in a group setting? We have that a lot. When things come up in individual visits, we'll go, okay, I know we need to take that to the individual sitter, but could we discuss this with everybody? Should this be discussed with everybody? And then does it have to be discussed on this next meeting or can it wait? So looking at the, again, those priority things of how you want to approach each topic, because yeah, it's not saying you can't have weekly touch in check-in points with the entire staff, quarterly bigger meetings and get-together and gatherings, the one-on-ones, the, the, the weekly, whatever that is for you, sitting down and really understanding, again, it's so important to know who am I meeting with, why am I meeting with, and what are we going to talk about? The last critical step with meetings is starting and ending on time. Be respectful of everyone's time by starting the meeting as scheduled. It really sets that professional tone of this is important. We're going to start now. We're not going to wait for the 10 people that are late to come in. 
we really want to encourage that punctuality as much as possible. And then obviously, yeah, again, respecting everybody's time by ending when you say you're going to end. And maybe you don't know to the minute exactly when you're going to end, but but have a general time. We start our meetings at 930 promptly. We don't sit around and wait for everybody. And then we have a stop time at the most by 10 a.m. If we can't get through any, everything by 10 a.m., then we just table it for the next week and it's okay. Yep. Uh, Nothing is more infuriating than signing up to go to something and they just tell you the start time. How many concerts do that? How many community events organizers will say, oh, it starts at 12? My question is always, when does it end? (laughs) Because I need to know what I'm committing to or what my expectations are. Do I have to show up at 12 or can I wait a little bit later? So letting people know, look, this is in the schedule. It's on the schedule. We schedule these in our software of from 930 to 10 at the latest. But we generally say, okay, we've been out here about 15 minutes, so let's get started. It helps people stay engaged and know what to expect. You always know what to expect with Pet Sitters Associates. As pet care professionals, your clients trust you to care for their furry family members. And that's why Pet Sitters Associates is here to help. For over 20 years, they've provided thousands of members with quality pet care insurance. Because you work in the pet care industry, you can take your career to the next level with flexible coverage options, client connections, and complete freedom in running your business. Learn why Pet Sitters Associates is the perfect fit for you and get a free quote at PetsitLLC.com. You can get a discount when joining by clicking Membership Pet Sitter Confessional and use the discount code CONFESSIONAL when you go to checkout. Check out the benefits of membership and insurance once again at PetsitLLC.com. Remember, the goal of these meetings is to make them a platform for effective communication, problem solving, team building, which will ultimately contribute to the success of your business. These are important. So we want to give you a breakdown of what we do roughly during our team meetings. They are every week. They are about 15 minutes long, which is very intentional. We use a Google Doc, which is shared with every staff member. It shows the employee of what is on the agenda. We view the weekly meetings as a chance to do two things. The first one is address problems that come up the previous week. We want to get input from staff on their thoughts or ideas to solve because they have been in the visits too and they know best practices for each client. It's a great time to share feedback that we get from clients. Problems, again, problems that came up for individual sitters going, hey, look, we haven't encountered XYZ so far, but congratulations, you know, John, you know, this happened to him. Let's talk about what that, how that transpired, what we did to solve it, and the things that we're going to implement moving forward. Or maybe it's a chance to see, hey, we saw some things break down over the past week and uh, noticed some people struggling with some things. Here's what our idea is moving forward. What do you think? A lot of times we'll also incorporate seasonal or holiday things in there. So the 4th of July, we always want to look for fireworks that are down on the ground. During the winter months, talking about our ice and snow inclement weather policies. What do we do with dogs with certain metal conditions. We also talk about the plan for the upcoming week. We get questions from staff. We say, here's what we have coming up on our schedule. Here are some of the meet and greets that we're doing. Remember, this client has this funky thing, so don't forget about that. And then really just ending on a, are there any comments or questions from the staff? And that look ahead is critical because it helps make sure that everybody's on the same page, especially whenever we have clients who haven't booked us in 18 months or two years of, hey, remember, Buddy's on the schedule this coming week. Don't forget about this kind of feeding or this medication. Or does anybody remember what happened the last time that we took care of him? Who was on that? Do you have feedback? Uh, do, Do you have information that you can help share with other people? Or, hey, make sure that you check those notes. Make sure that they are up to date and that, you know, if anybody has any information that they'd like to include on that, we can do that. It it allows for a broader discussion because we use a team-based approach. And I think that's where this comes from. 
Because no one person will do the entirety of the care for any one client, this is the point where we can drive that home for our staff and make sure that everybody, morning, afternoon, evening, weekday, weekend staff, can understand what the context is for their care. Look ahead at these these notes. These might not be all up to date or give us more information so that we can get that added for everybody else. Well, I guess that is a good point. If you're having the same sitter do all the visits of every client, you you will need to tailor these meetings differently because while emergencies do come up and you may need to send in a different sitter, the amount of collaboration within your team is going to look very different. Yep. We we need our team to be highly collaborative, so we need our meetings to be open for collaboration. We have to set that platform. We've said that a couple times, but it's so important for the way we operate of we need to give people and make people talk to one another outside of just slack of sharing their daily reports or anything like that. But let's talk face-to-face about the problems we're having with this client. Let's work together to come up with solutions to things that are happening and to stay on top of the quality care that we know that they want to provide. Well, in theory, that would also lead to higher employee retention because they're going to see, oh, it's not just me on an island out here by myself with no help and I don't know how to do any of this and this is too hard and I quit. It's I have team members who have dealt with these same things. I have bosses who care. I have other people that are going to come around me and I'm not the only one in charge of this one pet. Yeah, they see the big picture in that moment where they can see two faces, 15 faces, 30 faces, or 30 names where they know, oh, wow, that person also does Gus. And oh, look, that person's doing Rosie this week too. And let me talk to them. Let me see what that's like. Let me, I know who to reach out to now when I have questions. It builds that morale. It builds those relationships that are so necessary for the kind of work that we do. A third component of our meetings is that we try to spend a few minutes on a training topic, usually something that we pull from our field manual or, as Megan mentioned, a seasonally relevant topic. This is where you know we, we make people do trainings and watch videos and take quizzes on our field manuals, on our operations manuals. But during our meetings, it's another time for us to reinforce specific topics of, hey, everybody, uh, remember on page 112, this is where we're going to talk about such and such topic that's really important for how we operate or that we might not all remember or, or whatever. Or here's an update to the new procedure that we wanted to announce, and you'll be getting an update through that through online to sign. It's just a way to keep things and information fresh for, for our employees. This can all seem really daunting when we're talking about all of these possible topics that we cover and all these meetings and if people showing up and you having to perform and be the boss and be the leader. But it really doesn't have to be scary. They can be 10 to 15 minutes. They can be every other week. You can make it however you want to to fit your business, to fit your lifestyle, to fit the goals for your company. It is possible to do this and not be overwhelmed. That simple format of the look back for a week and the look forward for a week or whatever frequency you want to do, a look back to review, a look ahead to plan, and involve your team in that. It's that simple. Once you get comfortable with that, then you can add on additional trainings, additional discussion points, additional action items, but just something simple of, hey, let's review what happened the past two weeks. What problems encountered, things unexpected happened, issues that came up, client concerns, maybe great client feedback or reviews that we get, praise people. Then let's look a week ahead and plan to make sure that we can be consistent. If that's all that you do, you have done an excellent job of working, guiding, planning, and mentoring your team. 
If you have team meetings in your company, we'd love to know how you structure them, what you talk about, how you run them. You can email us at feedback at petsitterconfessional.com or look us up on Facebook and Instagram at petsitterconfessional. Thank you for listening to this. Hopefully it was helpful. And thank you also to Pet Sitters Associates for sponsoring today's episode. We will talk with you next time. Bye. Ha, 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 ha,